The Tangent Egg Podcast is aimed at a mature audience. It contains themes that are not appropriate for all listeners. It's important to note that we are not experts. We routinely have no idea what we're talking about and are just three idiots sitting around a table. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Tangent Podcast. I'm Seth and we have Jondo back. And of course... Yay! Rich. Yay! I'm here. I'm also more happy that Jondo is back. <laughs> I exist again. I'm no longer just a figment of your imagination. Although we have now proven the fact that if any two of us are left alone, it is a rambly mess. There needs to be three. Yeah, yeah, it really was. So I mean, like, cats and I a herder. Mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty much. So, like, for me and John, it was dinosaurs. We like the dinosaurs. Where's Seth go? Then when it was just me and Seth, we just sat there. But I was like, how, how do we talk? We talk normally in person. How do we talk? <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. then we turned into a 30-minute, like, just topic, 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 topic. Yeah, the, <laughs> the squirrel brain took over and we ran with it. It was great. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the trifecta makes this this work properly. <laughs> anyway, so our first thing we want to talk about this week is Ubisoft being really dumb. Just in general, or...? So, basically, they're turning off the online functionality to a number of their older games. Now, (laughs) that in of itself, I personally can't get too angry at the man. Let's face it, no one's keeping servers running forever for everything. Eventually, you'll either hit a minimum number, which is not worth playing the game for, or no one's used it in fucking ages, and you go to shut down the servers. This has rendered... One game completely useless because it was a VR online only game. And two other games have had have become non-functional. We don't understand how one of them has. I had a big dig around for it, but I couldn't find it, which was Assassin's Creed Liberation, a single player game. Oh, we that's don't back know... when it was the big push for DRM because um, that one was really tied in with it before they decided to not be as heavy handed when the well that you know, might be it I couldn't, back. I couldn't find any article stating why that was one of the targeted games well yeah, no, they, uh, a lot I remember of, that because that one it was a, it's a selection DRM. of games from between a window from between mm. uh, 2009 and 2000, uh, 2019 yes. so mm. it's a 10 year bracket 2019, like, a lot of shit's happened, but it's not actually that long ago. Yeah. No. Like, they're three-year-old games they're turning off. So, once you get to, I don't know, say, 2027, why would anyone buy a fucking Ubisoft game? Pretty much. Like, we always knew it was headed this way when, like, Steam first popped up when we were still in uni. The whole thing of, like, games now have a time limit or an accessibility filter. Essentially, once you hit a certain time frame, now you can't play anymore. And there was kind of a hardware limit uh, for that kind of stuff as well. Like, hell, trying to get the original Age of Empires to play on any new system is a fucking nightmare. Uh, even with compatibility, you know, scheduling. Yep. But now there is a specific point of, no, no, we say when you don't get to use this anymore. It's not a hardware functionality. It's us saying, you know what? Fuck it. You don't get this game anymore. Goodbye. So the you're not buying games. Particular- you're leasing them. I mean, you've always been doing that, and mm. Ubisoft isn't even the first person to do this. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you who the first one was, but the earliest one I remember, because it happened to me, was EA. 
But they did it with a game Big called surprise. Dark Spore. And no one played Dark Spore. Everyone universally thought it was pretty trash. So when they took it away from people, no one really cared or made mm. that much of a fuss. But they're taking online functionality and DLC away from big titles that are owned by Ubisoft. So now people are seeming to actually sit up and realize, oh wait, I, I don't own my stuff. Yeah, I just own keys to look at them and that's it. And if the studio, just, the company decides I don't get to look at that product anymore, well, my keys do nothing. The weird thing is, I'm, I want to see what, if they you know, do shut everything down and, and rip a bunch of stuff from two, like three years ago, that might stifle a fair few things. Because, hell, when did uh, Fallout New Vegas come out? That was near on. I would have to look that up. Something. Um, Give me a second, I can find out for you. Yeah, have a look for that. But if we take the you know, the current time frames, oh, it's a 10-year gap, and we're just going to cut out that information, and say something akin to Fallout New Vegas, which, whilst it was popular, died off for a fair while. The modern community still existed, but, you know, that's about it. Uh, then, 2010. Oh, wow, so it was a while ago. So if they stuck to this as a thing of, oh, we're just cancelling out within 10 years, we wouldn't have creators like Mike Burnfire or other creators who have taken an old game and revamped it by bringing attention to it and bringing joy back into that space. Like, well, I mean, the thing is, though, unlike New Vegas, because Bethesda is, since Morrowind, I want to say, has always put out a, a toolkit either the Gek for Fallout or I can't remember what they're called the one for I'm guaranteed that was because they fired their QR team and just wanted everyone else to QR their games for them probably but they still put them out two years release after a Bethesda game isn't it that's the Mm. the alpha and beta (laughs) either way they put out the kit for the fans to use to make more stuff Whereas Ubisoft is shutting down content and shit for games they never gave out tools for. True. But like, still, I, I don't... Well, I, I like the fact people are now realizing that their shit has a time limit and they don't get to choose it. And it's not a predetermined well, one. But See, here, here's the thing. And look, I understand that at least at the time of this recording, we probably don't have the hugest fan base. But... I would say to anyone who's listening to it now or in the future, assuming it's still around, please, for the love of Christ, and I would like to point out this is not sponsored, like no one's paying us to say this, buy more games from GOG. Yeah. Everything they have is DRM-free and always comes with an offline installer. I have my entire GOG library backed up on my NAS. If GOG died tomorrow, I would lose none of my games. I would have those installers. Yeah, and they don't require me to log into GOG Galaxy, unlike Steam backups. Mm. I have those installers forever for as long as I don't lose them. Yeah, It's like having a CD. That is the closest I am aware of to being able to own games in the digital space these days. Pretty much. More people need to buy from GOG. They are like, look, GOG is still a company. Hmm. They're not your friend. No big company is. You're the product. Yeah, but they're still but, less of a dick. Yeah, they are. They've tried multiple 
ideas and ways to be more consumer friendly. They had an initiative for a little while where they would actually give you some cash back if the conversion of your currency to theirs was not favorable to you. Mm. But that didn't last. I will freely admit they have stopped that. But they also have the most generous return policy of you can play it for as long as you want and you can still return it. And they're the only platform I'm aware of that does that. They just and trusted their user base to not be pieces of shit. And they, they didn't also have to get beaten a, uh... on the head with the legal stick. Hmm? They didn't have to get beaten on the head with the legal stick, unlike certain other companies. No, no, they haven't. They, they've played ball with everyone. Steam, Steam was dumb, and they took on Australia's... Um, ACCC and oh, that was a bad that. time for them. Do not fuck with the ACCC. They will fuck everyone with else for in fun. Everybody else in the world, if you like Steam's return policy, you're welcome. We <laughs> got you that. The angry Aussies in the background. <laughs> uh, Gog also had a, a feature. I don't know if they still do it or not, but some publishers, if you own the game on Steam, uh, Gog could scan your Steam lot, uh, library yeah. and you yeah. get a free copy of it on Gog, which I thought was pretty freaking cool I have not tried to do that I have not tried to do that in a while but yeah that was 100% they tried to help encourage you to switch over to their ecosystem by just going have games that you've already bought for freezies yeah I mean like it's a smart idea you're not gonna buy them again so it's like you know what we can build good faith (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we can build good faith and bring this person over to our thing more permanently it was smart Mm. like fucking well done to them it's also the only like God Galaxy actually is able to link into my Steam account and Ubisoft and all those accounts if you want to link them in and display all of your games in one place. You don't have to go to from browser them. to browser to browser. You can just look in one program and see all the stuff you own. To be honest, you I, also I decide people who hate launches. I legitimately hate <laughs> launches in general. I don't care whose it is. If it's like Steam or anywhere else. Oh, we connect to everything. Like, fuck you. Just play the game. Mm. I don't want to see your launcher. I, ne- I should never see your launcher. Just do the thing. Mm. But I'm pretty like, exact. Like, you can't... It'll still launch the games from their original launches when you use GOGs, mm. uh, GOG Galaxy, but no other launcher will let me see other people's stuff in their browser. It's only GOG, and look again. I'm like I'm speaking super honestly here. More people need to go. If you have the option between whatever your platform of preference is and GOG, buy on GOG. It is the only one that's trying its best to be consumer friendly. The rest of them just don't give a shit. Yeah. All right, that's my little rant over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like. Honestly, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this because, like, the the latest game of three years, even if it's a bad pro- uh, going game at the moment, there could still be turnaround within that time frame. Mm. So I can understand. Well, actually, Down's been dead for ten years. That's fair. No, but, it doesn't even have to be old for it to be a dick move. So you know how I was saying that Assassin's Creed Liberation is getting turned off on the first of September. Yeah, that was part of the Steam summer sale. Oh. Oh, okay. Wait, so a was, bunch of people might have picked that up and, oh, two months' time, you're not ever going to be able to download that again. Oh, that's a dick move, and Steam will not allow that to be returned. 
Well, yeah, it's already like you can't purchase it through Steam yeah, at all anymore. It's, it's already been it's removed. It's delisted on. Yeah. It has a little note saying it's been removed by a publisher request and mm-hmm. that it will no longer even be downloadable as of the 1st of September. Jesus Christ. That's. Dick fun. move, you That's a hell of a dick, dick move. move. That is a massive dick move. Like. Do they just do they have comically evil, like people just sitting in a boardroom going, "Yes, how do we fuck with them today?" Like, can I have that job? I'll happily like get paid squillions of money to fuck people over. I don't know, but just, it certainly feels like that. Yeah, it's what it, I know. Where the product of these fuckers like that they, they just want to sell shit to us and get as much money as they can. Mm. But fucking come on, if it's you a treat combined me with industry a job respect, that you'd be working for. Yeah. EA, Blizzard, and now Ubisoft. It's a combined yeah. industry. <laughs> exactly. It's all the same guys sitting in the same boardroom. It's just like, right, you guys do this do a bullshittery. Bethesda, you can deal with the sexual abuse for now. Uh, the rest of us will do other stuff. But fuck <laughs> We're it. Dickery Incorporated. <laughs> oh, God, if I ever start a company, I'm naming it Dickery Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's they, just, to me, it's just dumb. They could resolve a lot of this issue if they like the last update was an open server. Just yeah. leave a yeah. patch where you can make your own fucking server. You want to play it online? Make your own server. Find some friends. Play it online. Like, yeah. they didn't have to go down this route. Yeah. Like, you're not going to use the assets again. Like, you're rem- you're removing it from a lot of places. Why not re- release those freaking online assets for other people to make their own private server with? Why like, not get some good mm, faith for the sheer amount of shit you've exactly. done in the past to fuck your company's name like, and image? Yep. Look, open the like the server for everyone to use. Release some tools for people to dick around with. Like, there's a reason Skyrim gets sold every year for the last fucking ten years because people mod mm. the shit out of it. Like, why not give them the option just to fuck around with it? I don't understand why so many uh, companies are afraid of um, my brain just went completely dead on the actual word for it public domain why are they so afraid of something going public domain because it can actually inject life back into a dying product like yeah. quite easily and it's one of those things where people can then play with it make it their own and improve on it and from there on you are the original creator of this thing sure you don't get any money from it but you can still point and go ah we made that we helped and definitely does help or at at the very least it puts good faith out there that people go oh look they did all this shit and granted it's not the the original thing it's now our own thing completely but it's an homage to to this thing over here oh look what is that thing doing now let's buy more of that thing like it at least keeps your product in people's like thoughts for whatever um, they're doing next it's like when Bungie gave the designer tools to the guys uh, Rooster Teeth who made Red vs Blue um, they're like fuck it we're giving this to you early here's an easier way to make your stuff because they realised this is free advertising for Halo why would we uh, stop absolutely this? meanwhile the House of Mouse is suing everyone they can including children drawing Mickey Mouse on the borders of their, their textbooks just well they're yeah. soon not going to be able to do that oh, I'm, I'm counting down the fucking days and it's going to be hilarious there is all oh, movements online for the when- day he <laughs> when it goes like um, back into public domain, into public domain, there are entire things of people just getting together to draw Mickey Mouse in sexually suggestive positions, like just because <laughs> they can now. That's why, when you spend so long trying to stop the internet getting a hold of this thing, you are just going to make it worse when they get the thing. 
If yeah. you give it to yeah. them, they'll leave it alone. But if they have to fucking take it, it becomes a meme. And then it never mm. goes away. Uh, in town here, we had uh, a little gun shop opened up and their logo was a bullet bill. Just a straight out Nintendo cut copy bullet bill with nice. like the... So this dinky little gun shop in rural New South Wales suddenly overnight had to take down all the signage they'd put up all over town and now they've just got a standard black and white text thing I'm guessing until they find a new logo but Mm -hmm. I mean someone from this dinky little town has has to have taken a photo of it and contacted Nintendo who then thought this little gun shop has nothing to do with us has a bullet as their logo we're going after that so like even for dinky little shit they have a crack the funny thing is, if you change Nintendo's the design... Nintendo's well known for being very litigious about yeah. defending its IP. Yeah, they really are. It's like Disney, the same kind of thing. It's just like, yeah, I know, it's, it's ours. You don't get to play with it. We get to dictate how, how it's seen. But at the same time, the standards for it, uh, to for fair use and that kind of thing, if you change something enough, well, I think it's 30%, 35%, then you can play with it and, and use it. But a bullet bill is not exactly huge if you slapped a big ass cowboy hat onto it that'd be changing by 30% by volume at least and suddenly it's not um, I think I think it's specifically it's not just changed by 30% it has to be transformative yeah so whatever you add has to add value to the thing so if you we took a bullet bill feet. and just slapped a if you just slapped a cowboy hat on a bullet bill your transformative action is not enough mm. Uh, that's a big part of how um, Let's Plays get around uh, the, the whole thing because the transformative element is my commentary and gameplay. It adds an extra thing, otherwise well, it's just it a character work. standing there not doing anything. Yeah. I'm pretty confident the only thing they changed is they painted the back end of it uh, brassy gold so it looked like it had a shell casing, not just a projectile. Mm-hmm. But short of that, it was exactly that. And unless, like, you've played a Mario game, you look at it and go, oh, wow, they've got some cartoony logo. Okay, cool. So it had to have been someone who knew what it was. Either that, or I know that certain... I know Disney has them, which is... They have an entire division of people whose entire job is just to troll the internet looking for things that are Disney-related. And they've built a bunch of, like, search engines to rip through everything they can, as many images as they can in in a day just to try and find similarities and like they might have just been picked up by that because I know it happens on YouTube a lot but still well I mean all it would have taken was one person at that gun shop to take a photo of their new logo yeah. throw yeah. it up on social media and it gets yeah. found pretty much mm, that's and, true oh, just, out of, just imagine being just like ah oh, no we've opened the gun shop we put all this money into it cease and desist like ah fuck <laughs> but you, you have to know there would have been that like two minute time frame where the guy just sat there for a second like I mean I own a gun shop let them try and take it <laughs> like they have to that moment where, so yeah, it'd be easier to take it than just change the logo just yeah, change the logo be done with it pretty much uh, right let, let's get off of this depressing stuff because it's been a month so we finally get to talk Yay. about our book from the book club I, 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 I really enjoyed this book series. <laughs> <laughs> so we read The Two-Week Curse by 
brain escapes me because I didn't bother to have it open at the time. It's a weird I've name. Got, I opened up the wrong tab. Michael uh, Chatfield. Yep. Uh, narrated by Neil Neil Helgers. No, Mitchell. I can never remember how to say Mitchell. Michael, Michael. Chatfield. I'd call it. It is Michael yeah. Chatfield. Uh, that's okay. what I remember him saying at the start of the book. Um, Nickel. And reading some of the reviews on Amazon, apparently this isn't the original narrator. The bloke who narrates books two through five originally narrated book one. Um, and then after they got this new narrator from book six onwards, they then got him to come back and redo one. And he may be doing the rest of the books as well. Uh, so that makes sense. That's looking on Audible and a few other places that had reviews about it. A little bit of a dig it review bombed and digging into it. Uh, a lot of them have said like it's the narrator like why do they change the narrator it's like mm, okay the book itself I've thoroughly enjoyed oh yeah yeah oh, I actually yeah. didn't find the narrator of book one that bad I actually quite liked him I liked um, the voices he had for the main characters when it switches to it, the, the other narrator it got a bit <clears throat> odd with certain voices it's it's not bad until you go from the second narrator back to the first narrator in like, uh, say, yeah, book yeah. five because I'm a like book nine now so I've I got hooked and I got sucked right into it that change going from this to the to the second bloke is like oh okay then that's a little different I'll keep listening but then going from that second bloke back to the first bloke again it's like oh that's a bit jarring what character is this again oh shit yeah. I have to learn all these people again mm. I did have but, to go uh, back at one point uh, I re rereading the first book again uh, leading up to yeah I've had to do that to get an idea of where we're at again <laughs> yeah I, I kind of it all started to blur together like a, like a really fun way it was like all blurred together I'm like alright let's go back and see what happened and because I got up to the book three I was still a bit behind but it was like there are things that they have mentioned in the first book that they haven't touched on yet and just flat out ignored and they've already fucked with things enough where it's like that's interesting I want to see what they do with other stuff so I went back mm. read the book again and they mentioned a few things it's like they either they forgot about this or they're saving that to fuck someone's day later What what is this but we'll get to that soon so basic premise what you know, what do you guys think of the basic premise of isekai with military people I mean it's not the first thing I've seen that did it um, mm. I mean a lot of people watch the anime Gate Oh, which did a not dissimilar thing um, so it's not particularly original in that particular idea mm. um, I just like the way it's written like like I, I honestly like I can see all the game elements as they're talking yeah. about them although I swear to god if they just didn't read out the fucking oh. stat and skill screens every time in full you'd that cut like an hour off this but, fucking book Yeah, you would but in like a physical copy of the book or if you get it on Kindle it gives you whenever that comes up it actually gives you the character sheet so yeah, it shows you reading through it you can just sort of glance at it and keep going with the story whereas because it's audible it has to give you all of that shit every yeah. fucking time and that, really that is a drag but I think that's just, I, I just, a, like that's just a matter of the format not so much a, yeah. a matter of the story yeah I, I just started skipping ahead with uh, the 30 second skip feature with um, with Audible and ten, after two skips you normally pass most of it but it's just things like uh, when Rugrat starts crafting a lot of stuff uh, and unless it's the stuff he's crafted for Eric one of the other main characters it's not really worth listening to so 
because all the stuff he makes for Eric has the dumbest names fucking possible. <laughs> the TDT yeah, for two thousand. <laughs> I, I, the first thing, um, like leather thing he makes for him is the uh, the Titty Chafer two thousand. I'm like, yeah. I, I love this. But uh, they my favorite one, my favorite ones from uh, later on when he makes him the ass kicker set, and he has the ass slappers, which are his gloves, <laughs> and the the, uh, the the assless chaps, the oh, the ass oh, chaps with chaps, ass, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I. It's so good. Without Rugrat, I think it'd be a much drier book. Not gonna lie, yes. I, um, they absolutely had to have that comic relief serious character, like someone who yeah. can be serious. They need to be, but they had to bring that comedy into it. At the same time, I don't think I'd enjoy the book if it was all Rugrat. No, mm. of course, that's why you had to have that balance. You needed Eric in there to actually bring some serious right this is what we're doing next otherwise it's the um, Rugrat would have the first town and that's the all they would have done yeah mm. it's the classic uh, straight man funny man yeah oh yeah and they both play the straight man or the funny man at different points and yes for different reasons which mm. is really good it actually feels but, like a, a proper dynamic between them, like actual friends. Because, you know, when you're reading mm. some books and you can feel the forced relationship between a character, it's like, oh, we are the bestest of friends, aren't we? Well, I guess we are, Philip. But these guys are just, they feel like actual mates. It's very odd. But really, really good. There's a there's a section in it where they have to pass a trial and it almost mm. goes back through their life to test if they're good people or if they're secretly just fuckwits and it displays their whole life in front of the other person as well so they can mm. both see each other's life story <coughs> and at the end of it they're both standing there going well I already knew all that shit and he already knew all that shit so they're not it's not so much I need to rule this because I'm the best it's like well he's more of a brother than blood he knows everything about me so yeah. we're mm. all but one person just yeah going off and do there, what we need to do I do like the fact that there was because um, that's the trial or the big trial they go on for that but there's also one other person who made it to that point from that trial yeah and freaked the fuck out because it broke her um, yeah because she comes back out like they basically forced her way into a dungeon but she comes out it's like I, I went around the second thing to kill and I found a guy at a desk and he knew everything and she just kind of broke yeah, and then she went away. I don't think she popped and back up again just yet. Because that that the Beast Mountain trial, as it's called, is an annual event, so mm. it has to mm. come around again. Otherwise, things like there's going to be an issue in the realms if this thing that happens every year doesn't happen again. So, I don't even know what book that occurs in, but they have to figure a way Three. around all of it. Three. Yeah, book, book three are we, is one of the points Are we delving that far in when we're meant to be reviewing the first book? Cause... Right, so let, let, let's roll it back. Back to <laughs> the first book. so much fun. So the book basically starts out with the, the main characters doing their military action. Uh, one of the characters gets his arms and legs blown off. Uh, arm and legs blown off. Yeah, yeah. Although, um, left arm and both legs. So Eric, I'm actually the kind main of character, is a combat medic. So mm. yeah, I'm kind of he's disappointed all given of... up in a hospital bed. Stage. Oh yeah, I, I just find it really annoying that it all happens because of that one fucker in the Rolls Royce. Oh, because they're going through dude. essentially a slum town, like, and he's like, "Oh, we're gonna be in a big flashy Rolls Royce." Uh, no, it's a or Mercedes Benz, something really fucking fancy. Mm. And 
the way that he's he's riding it, it's like this fucking Benz keeps trying to get out in front of the armed convoy. It's like, who the fuck is so bad at their job as a driver in a military organization, like PMC organization, that doesn't realize when the guys with the fucking assault rifles tell you not to go in front, you don't go in front. But that driver isn't with the PMC. He's with the yeah. Copper Mining Corporation that they've been contracted out to. Yeah. Mm. So, and like, oh, we have to go like, the fastest route to get to the dinner. The, the first book now. It's like still yeah. little things. <laughs> but it's, it's just so dumb. Like even then, like you'd think someone whose job is to you know chauffeur around, scare the important person, would realize if we want to stay safe, listen to the big men with guns. Like, does he not have self-preservation? Obviously, he doesn't. Apparently he does. not. But still, I, I'm just disappointed he gets scattered across the road. It's a quick death for him. Just fuck. Mm. Anyway, but. the the main character Eric wakes up in a hospital, having discovered he has now got the two week curse. He will be transported to an unknown place in less than two weeks because he's been out cold for the mm. for a couple of the days. At which point, Rugrat shows up, who's his military buddy. And he also has the two-week curse, so they're both going to be transported at the same time. He also points out that once people have the two-week curse, they basically get to do magic and all kinds of crazy shit. And pretty much pulls Eric out of his funk with the idea that, well, if you try hard enough, maybe you can regrow them damn limbs. Yeah. And then he does. Yeah, within like three, four days or something. But well, then... No, the, he's in a coma for four days, so that yeah. leaves them ten days before they're whisked away to wherever the fuck it is. And I think mm. he spends, I think, seven of the those ten days tr- just trying to regrow his limbs. Yeah. Mm. And it's the last three days where he's actually mobile. And even for part of that, he's still got, uh, as he calls, uh, toddler limbs. So yeah. <laughs> he has the dental limbs for a while. It's amazing. Yeah. But, like, from there, so it's I, um, when... I, I do like the fact he cuts off ties with the family. Like, yeah. The shitty family comes in, it's like, no, you'll come back with us. He's like, no, what? No, fuck you. I have this two week curse. You can't take me away now. Mm. So uh, basically, they know the deme- they know what the time Dan is. Dan knows things. He wants to, he's like, I can see the oh, excitement. Like the last book, I just remembered something that, uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, we'll do it later. We're sticking to the first book for now. We yeah. are. So we they are. know how. They know how they're going to transport. They know the kind of volume of space they get to transport with them. So the two guys basically pack up big cylinders of gear and stand in the middle of it so that when they teleport, they teleport with all their stuff. I just like the fact they had pull as well. Like, they have a a quick release mechanism as well. So when they arrive, like, pull, everything folds down and just decompresses. And they're just there with rifles. Like, we will kill everything now. Yeah. Uh, it's actually pretty well thought out because like yeah. they, they said well we looked up and everyone who, tell, uh, who gets taken away leaves in a I think it's a, a two metre diameter circle so mm. we've got that much space to be able to pack in and it, it takes like if they're if there's something above them it's also burned out a section above them so we know that's the volume that we can take let's mm. just pack it full of shit but yeah. even when they get there like because they take firearms and all that. The only firearms they get to keep are the ones that are strapped on their person. Everything else gets turned into iron ingots. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. And a lot of the other gear they have, like anything electrical, is dead. So mm. they don't have any GPS because there wouldn't be any satellites. So it's Which, anyway. Actually, I think it's in book three where they actually find out why that happened. And yeah. it's great. Yeah. It's so they interesting. They finally figure it out. Yeah. 
when they first get there it just says anomaly detected and so all this shit gets changed they're going oh what the fuck hmm. mm. and so they're actually left with all these resources and just what they're carrying and it's like holy fuck it's actually pretty cool they didn't just turn up fully OP into this sword and sorcery world with everything they actually still need to limit what they can and can't do mm. yeah and then they start using their remaining resources effectively um, yeah they try, like cutting down a few big because they they basically pop up in a a monster spawning zone for that fucking floor and I have to wonder if that's where everyone turns up at who comes from uh, our realm but that's not been questioned yet because uh, it's just like they popped up in a high level area out of fucking nowhere it's just like being thrown into the, the bottom of a dungeon like burnt done uh, yeah you're fine and then they shoot their way out of this like pretty it's, quick you know guns are still good uh, I love the fact that they can't figure out the damage for the gun yeah, yeah. when they took the stats <laughs> of the gun it's like damage unknown like oh neat <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, whilst it has video game tendencies and that kind of stuff there are certain things that aren't changeable in their, their view screen so they can buff up their stats and all that kind of fun stuff so they can't buff intelligence charisma or any of those kinds of skills that are just you so you have to mm. get that yourself um, but they can buff up strength dexterity and I think constitution uh, or... uh, strength stamina stamina Mana pool, uh, stamina regen, mana regen. Yeah, but I quite like the their system. But them finding everything out as they go is pretty interesting because it yeah, like the the whole like first half of the book is mostly just them fumbling about trying to figure out like what do we do? How do with this work? How does leveling up work? What does leveling up do? Yeah. But they also uh, they, do things. They the find way a way to cheese them. levels by yeah. just healing people for cheap as fuck, and <laughs> yeah. then there's repercussions to that. And then it's like, motherfucker! All right, well, I guess we'll go do something else then. Like, yeah. they they cheese their way up levels until it's like, oh shit, we need to do something else now. Well, it's like <laughs> once they leave the the starting uh, wood area they're in, which is terrifying. They skirt around the first settlement they find because they just want to observe and make sure you know they can. You know, get around stuff and it's too small to disappear into a crowd it's like nah we'll go to the next one so they head off to the city and it's like we have to barter our way in so they walk up to the guy there and it's like uh we don't have any money but we're hoping that these like selection of fruits and, and nuts will let us in and he tries a nut and he's like guys stops like it is this covered in salt it's like yeah yeah like you may enter just takes three packets of salted nuts and as they're going he's like oh wait Salt's really fucking expensive in the old old times, wasn't it? Shit! They just accidentally <laughs> blown an, un, uh, a fortune they didn't expect to have. Uh, or on, when they're on their way to that city, they come across uh, bandits robbing a caravan of mm. or traders, mm. and they sort of sitting up the bushes. I'll we'll help these people out, and the 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 caravan is about to be taken over, and the the main bloke, the raiders, looked around, and suddenly everyone else is dead. They've, yeah, these two have just taken out. They say, right, go for the archers first, then the lookouts, and work your way towards the boss. And that's literally what they do. They start at the edges and yep. just start dropping blokes. They start and using the proper boss military turns around and goes, Oh shit! And then two rounds to the chest and one to the head. These caravans have got to be standing on. What the 
fuck just happened? It's like, uh, thank they, you. They mentioned, yeah, they, they mentioned that because like, they just sneak away. He's like, yeah, we don't need to be there. We, we don't want anything. And off they fuck. And all they hear in the background is like someone just very terrified going, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for helping. <laughs> you're outnumbered like 15 to buddy three people. It's like, they all just died. Uh, take their shit and leave. Loot the corpse and run. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking run. Escape. So, so they spent most of the first half of the book just learning. Yeah. Like going to the town, getting in, trying out the healing, learning about, like, Rugrat starts to learn about smithing. It's a lot of skill acquisition at the start. Shaming a And then, of course, some. they accidentally get kicked out. Um, oh, well. They get kicked out, they get run out. Um, Technically, yeah. At I which mean, point, they head off to the Beast Mountains, uh, which is this ball. really high-level area where you can go and hunt and get lots of useful stuff. And they start doing some quests out there. The, the big thing they accidentally... Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. It's a great one where there's a whole party of guys fighting a monster. And I think they get whatever they need from it and then just fucking bail. And then these guys are like, oh, well, it's almost dead, so let's get the eggs free. And they, I like go, they, they like, came back to fuck with kills them, but there's no honor in this world, so let's kill it anyway. And ah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just like the fact that that came back to bite them soon after because it cuts to the people that were there. And it's like, wait, what the fuck? It's like, what? Yeah, we just we got, all just got experience for, for killing the guardian of the the forest. That thing we we're fighting. It's like, someone killed it, which means they're probably weak. Let's go fuck them up, and they go back to to ambush them, and then get exploded by makeshift uh, grenades. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh. Uh, they jump like three levels from that too. Which probably like oh, yeah. fuck, we could have been fu- we could have been hunting down idiots. Damn it! <laughs> Anytime they can grind so they levels, up, they do. So they progress forward and eventually, accidentally, start participating in this thing called the Beast Mountain Trials. They then proceed to clear the first three sections of it, like barely trying. <laughs> Well, well, the first one is when a, they, a when they first turn up to when they first turn up to this trial, it's literally been taken over by the Willful Institute. So it's a group mm. from a much higher realm. So yeah, they they come on the realms are to, separated into like levels of ten. So it's like it, level one through yeah. ten, you can be in the first realm pretty easily, and then from twenty up, it's the, the second realm. Like yeah, once you hit level 10, ten, you can go to the next mm. realm, and when you hit level twenty, mm. you can go up to the next one. But and they're based the, in the, third realm, the Beast Mountain Trial, you can only enter if you're level uh, 15 or below. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. where they send all their lower level to get them ranked up to, so they mm-hmm. can potentially go up. And steal all their shit but once they come out of it. I, so the Willful Institute, they this isn't the first time Rugrat and uh, Eric interact with them. They, they're a major point later on mm-hmm. in good and bad ways I suppose they're also the yeah, people they give too much away, but, but for the dickery they have at the start of this they get paid back a thousand fold yeah. later yes. on definitely and yeah so you're looking at <laughs> going these people are fucking dicks and then they don't really get mentioned like they get talked about here and there but if you read through it and, or listen to it and you go these people are dicks they really need something coming on go through some more books they get fucking everything coming to them <laughs> they mention them right. again in the third book and it starts getting fucking hilarious but the, the Beast Mountain Trial the first thing they eventually go into like they have to well they turn up but they've stolen one of the amulets for entry from the guys they exploderized you know 
they red misted them mm. and took their shit. Uh, and so they walked out. They got spotted. It's like, oh, how the fuck do they have that medallion? Kill them. Kill them now. It's like, ah, uh, if we run away, that's a long battle. We'll probably die. If we run into the dungeon, however, they can't come for us. Into the dungeon. Mm. So they dive in the dungeon to save themselves. And then camp out in the fucking space between levels for like, what, a day and a half or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, with a voice. Like <laughs> yeah, and the, the voice is like, zooming, please enter the trial. So it's just getting more and more exacerbated as they just refuse to enter the goddamn trial. Until they actually go through it and it finally says, I've never met anyone who is so so focused on preparing for a trial and not doing the actual trial. Oh, shit. And then disappears again. <laughs> it's like, just remind me of a guy on a PA system. Like, ah, oh, fuck! But, uh, <laughs> but they, they finally start the trial proper. And the first one is just literally, it's a big open, um, like, long grass field I think the raptors field from Jurassic World and they get attacked by things ah fuck kill it so they kill it it's like yeah you win you succeeded the first trial you didn't die to the sneak attack which I find is a hilarious way to start a dungeon yeah <laughs> it's like you walk into a dungeon kidney knife and off he goes like ah fuck he's gone but on to the next thing which is a sleeping dragon and it's like um that, that's uh, that, that's just sneak around that because technically we don't have to fight it. They just said get through the next door, right? And there's the next door. Sneak, sneak, sneak. Walk through the door. And apparently everyone else before them has gone. Aha! A dragon. We shall kill the dragon. It, it it's sleeping. We can sneak attacking. Do more damage. Yeah. And we'd... they actually go through like the strategy that every other group has used, and they've said like hmm. everyone knows the first floor is a, a sneak attack. The second floor is a, a giant monster and the best way to get through it is to damage it and then kite it around the arena while you're trying to yeah. dodge and deal damage. And there's just various types of monster all the way up to, I think, the highest they've gotten is level eight. Yeah. And that's as much... That's all they said the strategy was mm. prior to that. And once they've snuck and past this thing, the world sort of changes. And the reason mm. they kept doing that for so long is the better you do in that trial, the more points you get, which you can then use to get items from the dungeon. Cut the uh, Ten Realms system manifests items out of the experience you gain. Mm. So like, oh, this is this is what the dungeon's for. We get stuff from it. That's awesome. Um, and that's, I don't, don't really think it actually it. functioned like that at that time. Well, that's the only way they'd be getting stuff from it because they come out of that dungeon with stuff. Yeah. Uh, it says in there, um, no, they actually say uh, once you've gone through it, you get tokens and hmm. you can use them at a dungeon store. Hmm. They actually okay. do say that uh, when look, they describe it. It's simply because, like, in the later books, when they start turning it into the battlefield dungeon, they very specifically say it is now a battlefield dungeon. Yeah. Whereas um, it wasn't back but, then. Uh, they also go through and state that some dungeons are made by people some are made by the ten realms yeah. and others are made by excess energies and they mm. usually fall within certain types of dungeon experience mm. so you'll yeah. get battlefield dungeons you also get defense dungeons where you have to defend a structure or an item or mm. a group of people you also get crafting dungeons where you have to go mm. through and craft something to a certain level to match yeah. something and technically and the trial yeah. had all of them well I think it did crafting did it yeah the next one after the because um, they walk out of the uh, yeah. they get around the dragon they find the guy behind the desk and then they have to pr go to a crafting section 
uh, they choose a crafter. They could have chosen other. Mo- it's to talk to a master. Yeah, but Rugrat um, just chooses the smithing master to stump them with a handgun. Yeah, but but it had to be something to do with crafting. So they could have used a master of any of the craftings. Yeah, they run and through the list. And Rugrat had questions on how to build a gun. Yeah, <laughs> which is just and stump them. I love the fact that the blacksmith's getting so excited. I love every time, like like the fucking the chick who's the blacksmith master, like this is. This is amazing, but I can't figure out how it happened. Uh, therefore, you win the trial, you little shit. Off you go. And then they have and then to they get whisked away to the town, where they have yeah, to defend Alva. it from five waves. And there, and I have yeah. a question: Did Alva actually exist, or was yes. it a thing from the dungeon? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because it's from a, a kingdom or several kingdoms over. And ah. Okay. Later on in the series, there's a whole set of repercussions from that too nice um, I kind of assumed there was going to be yeah you know, after that it's like shit did this just get brought into the world just to fuck these people over with a beast bloody stampede or was it something like did this dungeon literally just make a fucking a beast horde to fuck a town up just to trial these two people out or yeah. did it just say <laughs> oh there's something that's going to happen in this world ah that'll do us a trial send them over to that because otherwise, this was, dungeon's like, fucking hmm. dickery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the dungeon was kind of dickery, that's not like. Well, they but, seem to imply when they go to Alpha and they start scouting around hmm. that the the beasts and things are either uh, are hungry, they're, they're desiring food, there's not enough, they're being pushed out. And there's this um, overabundance of balls causing strife, and then the wolves eating the balls, and... Yeah, yeah, it but, seems more like the natural order is slightly off balance more than, mm. oh, hey, spawned beast horde. Yeah, it is. But does that mean that if they'd gone in the year before, it would have been a completely different trial? That's just something that happened to be happening in the world at that time? Mm. If I was guessing, I'd say yes. Um, it, it, I don't know. The setup, it seems to have been like, this is a thing I can use for the trial. Send them. But yeah, much it, it more than a, uh, I deliberately created this to fuck this town it is in case you fucked up. Character. And I would actually, I kind of want to figure out, because when they go into this one, they're basically teleported to a town. It's like, protect, you know, you just have to survive the, the onslaught. Yeah, that, that's it the only thing. Says, uh, there'll be an attack in two weeks. You two have to survive, or at least one yeah. of you has to survive it. Yeah, just don't mm. die and you pass the trial. That's the only stipulation they're given. And then they're like, you know what, we would have a better chance if we just arm the people here and teach mm. them so they basically co-opt a town it's like right cool um your guards are shit we're going to give them military style training for two weeks neat and the rest of you make fortifications do this stuff invent showers because we want to shower again uh make but- plumbing because stop shitting in the shit in the street what the fuck's wrong with you and then they just progressively make this town better for two weeks you know, they don't yeah, just they go do in that. and say, here's the pointy end of a sword, it goes into the enemy. They also go through and buy training manuals, which yeah. in this world, mm. it's a book that you can read and it put, dumps all the info into your head and now you know it all. Mm. And so they don't just like say, oh, well, we're here just to get this fucking quest done. They literally turn this dinky little nothing town into what would end up being a massive community of fucking experts yeah. of shit yeah. they've just given them. Because it's, it's 
in that world, these kinds of technique books and everything else are hoarded by the rich because why the fuck mm. would they give it to the general populace? This is mine. I have the information. Fuck you. And these guys end up buying stuff, not realizing that's how this world really works, and just start handing it out to people. Or going to someone like, here, I got like five books. Uh, can you hand these out to people who you think would benefit from them? Cool, thanks, bye! And off they go to fuck up some boards again. And like, like, there's a couple of them sitting there, like characters are, that, do they realize what they just did? Do, do they realize what they have given me to do? It's like, nah, they have no idea. Good luck! And off they go. So basically they spend the two weeks, it's like, I'm not gonna lie, like, uh, even probably a little less so in this book but definitely in later books anytime they're actually in combat it's like the most boring part of the book yeah them faffing yeah, around I, with I never thought, systems like, is so much fun yeah I never thought project management and like resource management in a book would actually be entertaining of building right. up a town especially when your setup is military guys get transported to fantasy setting it's like oh it's gonna be milita- military guys fucking up shit it's gonna be great and now I'm like stop fucking up shit and go back to growing plants yeah yeah. it's really but, but, weird the first like half the second book is just one guy fucking with alchemy and the other fucking with smithing they're not even in the same side of the city as each other they're just like bye and wander off and eventually check in and say, oh, sorry, man, I got really engrossed with growing plants for a while. What have you been doing? I've been hitting shit with a hammer. I also got really engrossed. How you been? So I was like, what the fuck? The, whenever they are in combat, it does turn very military. It's hit mm. it, kill it quick, get to the next thing, kill it quick, get it. So they rip through combat, like, quick as possible just to get the job done and get out yeah. of combat. Whereas everything else, if they've got time to prep, they're fucking oh. home alone. They prep every motherfucking yeah. thing. Mm. Well, the entire way through the first book, they also, I think, uh, Eric opens in total eight mana gates. Um, and Rugrat opens Don't up to all that. But the yeah, idea he actually the started gate. with more open. Yeah, yeah and Rugrat they started with three open. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's one of those things where the mana gates are built into their bodies, like a separate circulatory system for mana. And the more gates you have open, the more power you can take in and absorb and use. And poor Eric only has one. It's like the base of his of his of his head, and to get more open, you have to basically force the mana into them to crack them and then make them open. And God, the shit he ends up doing with that though, because every mm. time he goes through it, it condenses more mana into the system, and he starts getting better and better control. And then the spells get scarier. He becomes <laughs> his own artillery strike at one point before the big battle. Yeah. Yeah, he figures out he can uh, launch solid mana out of his hands, and he goes, "Well, I'm now a grenade launcher. That works." Yeah, I just like the fact that happens in his room the first time, just blows yeah. the wall out. It's like, <laughs> it just oh, blows throws him out. against one wall and demolishes <laughs> half a fucking building. <laughs> yeah, and it's just- so they do the two weeks of training. They train up the people, they train up themselves, and then they have the big battle. And shock horror, they win because, you know, they couldn't lose in the first book. But yeah. they couldn't. Um, but they don't get out of it scot-free. Like, they actually do lose some people. No, and they it do is, lose people. It is a hell of a battle. Like, they do get pretty mm. fucked up. Oh, and, like, there are bits that it's like, oh, shit, like, these characters we've just met over, like, a good third of the book, they're getting pretty fucked up here. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I like this character. They seem fun. Oh, no. And then, gone. It's like Game so, of Thrones. So you like they, this character? Pray for them. 
it's less arbitrary than that. No. Um, so you they, they of course win, and the big prize is they get to control the dungeon. And it's like, well, that's interesting. Why has no one else ever done this? It seems this Beast Mountain trial has been going on for a while, but fuck it, we'll move on. And they decide that, oh, we get to teleport to the dungeon, and we get this uh, something like a it's a hundred foot by ten foot square. It's a fair distance. It's yeah. a big one. So they basically get everybody in the town to take everything, move it into the square, and teleport the whole fucking town to the dungeon. Everything. All resources. They demolish a town to reconstruct it later. Um, yeah. And then teleport. It's so good. And then they have just a base in the middle of the mountains that has one way in, uh, essentially, which is heavily fortified by the time they're finished with it. But it is just self-contained. So it's a, it's got its own light system from a giant crystal in the, the roof of it. Temperature controlled, everything they'd want. Created by a bunch of gnomes who hate... Basically, they went, you know what? People suck. Uh, let's go build our own place in the mountains. Okay? Okay. And off they went and built And it turns out the whole Beast Mountain trial thing is because the guy who made the trial wanted, like, a good person to run the dungeon. Yeah. So they needed compassion and the whole last trial was essentially are you a good enough dude to actually look after people or are you a selfish piece of shit I do wonder hence why no one has passed the Beast Mountain trials before now it's all been these uh, sects and and other groups coming down and just using and abusing the dungeon for just experience Mm. not actually giving a crap see the big creature and let's hit it with a pointy thing Without and I don't think actually, anyone had reached the point of the defense point um, previously, but I kind no. of want to know what well, would happen if the, they had just I don't waited. think they say how far they'd ever gotten, but it's reasonable to assume that someone probably had made it to the uh, the wave defense at some point or whatever other trial. Well, not even, not really, because they literally say when they get to like the, after the sneak attack and there's the big dragon sleeping there, when they come to like when they first turn up, well. At some point, while Eric and Rugrat are in there, some other characters from the Willful Institute come out, and they're having a mm. bit of a conversation. And one of them talks to an elder, says, "The second creature, I, I didn't bother fighting that thing. I just snuck around it, and there was a fucking guy there. Like I've never heard of the guy before, and he knew yeah. fucking everything." And, and even their elder was that's, saying, "That's that's where that's she weird. bailed out because she wasn't a fucking good person. She failed the, the test from that point." Mm. So. Mm. And the elder had never heard of anyone of the hidden guy behind the thing, so it's reasonable to say they'd never thought of sneaking past the first creature. They and just because they had control went over that when he sticks away Yeah, I think to them it was more of an experience loot thing. It's like yeah. they never bothered yeah. thinking anything of them. So maybe they just yeah. So thought it's of reasonable to That's assume that no yeah. one had actually gone past that point. Mm. But it's like I just want to know what would happen if they had fucked off and just let the town be destroyed like would they have still got the dungeon I imagine they wouldn't have I doubt it um, no I imagine I would it would have been no. your fucking experience off your face it, it, it but, probably wouldn't end up just being quest failed yeah cause or it, like, been it, take, you, it did say like to pass this you have to survive and that is all it said but that wasn't the whole thing there was mm. a whole fucking they terms have, conditions I quote guess quote unquote they might have finished the Beast Mountain Trials quest, but yeah. they wouldn't have gotten the big reward of the dungeon. No. 
No, they, they probably, probably would have got a few more tokens, tokens and right yeah. here's the next floor. That's probably all you yeah. would have got. Yeah, pretty much. Like it would just move so on. they take over the uh, the dungeon uh, where they get their their new friend Eggbit. Eggbit, Eggbit. a skeleton made of nothing but storage compartments. Like yep. every bone is a storage compartment. Yeah. Absolute gold. They find out early on that there's storage rings, like rings of holding, essentially for one meter by one meter square. And just you can summon things into it. You can anything you touch that will fit into it. You can put in there. You can also and, stash bodies. Hey, yeah, as, as they find. Um, but what they do is they find Egbert, who is just made of these things. Mm. Just every single bone is one of these like meter by meter squares, and he holds the collective knowledge of the gnomes who used to live there, uh, mm. and just to keep it safe. Quite literally, and, finger bones. Blip. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like this finger bone is full of smithing things. Here you go. Um, but it's from there they take over the town or the, sorry the dungeon and start forming a an actual town in there uh, and that's when they start making some radical changes to the, the Ten Realms primarily thinking like you know what we have all this information with Egbert uh, we're going to start a university if you pay the fee to get in you can read this stuff and learn we don't care just pay your dues and that's something that's pretty unheard of in the first realm like in the first I realm, love the bit where they like the people are freaking out because they're like, "Oh yeah, this uh, this two story house we're designing." Oh, yeah, everyone gets one of these. Yeah, it's like, but that's yeah, a mansion. Not just, like, no, not no, just everyone a gets family. Like, <laughs> yeah, everyone. <laughs> yeah, and it's they start doing things. They just take things from our world and start applying it to the ten realms, which is great fun. Um, but the and big from there they problem though is that the dungeon core of the whole thing which provides the power for everything that has to work is unstable and they need another one to stabilize it which of course they could only get in the second realm yeah so that's where they head and that's pretty much where book one ends with them well, stepping through the totem to uh, the second realm they tie up a few loose ends here and there the mm. first town they got run out of they sort some shit out there oh, yes. they and they out. go that and I... heal some other people and they tie off a few loose ends and then it's like well next realm let's give it a go I do like yeah. the fact that's that each step one into so the next far, book. there's like each book has one fuckwit and it's always the same kind of character the first book is when they're going into the, the big city for the first time and want to trade a monster core and <clears throat> there's a you know the son of the guy who runs this merchant gr- uh, guild He's surrounded by women. It's like, oh, I'm so fancy. Everyone loves me. Isn't Aren't I great? And they're like, we just, can you get, just move out the fuck? We want to leave! And trying to get around him. And as they're leaving, they make some smart-ass remark. And then he takes offense to it. And they're like, you know what? Nah, fuck it. And off they go. They make him look like a child in front of everyone for shits and giggles. And he's like, oh, follow them and kill them. And then they ditch the tail of the high-level guards chasing after them with ease. At which point the head of the family is like, ah, shit. They avoided your guards with ease at this low level. If you find them again, you ought to apologize because they will destroy everything. Please don't. But, uh. And when they run out of town, it's literally... Uh, was it because they're offering healing at a cheap price it's two coppers oh, which is no the, the next town yeah, they go think, to to make some cash like Eric goes off to heal anyone for two coppers yeah. instead of the healing house will only take certain people for a fuckload of money he walks mm. into the markets and heals anyone for two coppers yeah, and I'm 
pretty sure the thing you're talking about switches from the second book because I'm pretty sure in the first book the only people who run them out are the Killing House because they no, no, try and they, poison that, no, it's how, the that, that is in the first book them. that's the first town they go to where they're meant to walk on the marker um, and then he runs them out of town um, or they they leave town because we're not going to deal with this bullshit so yeah. they leave town and they go to the next town they start healing because the second book is the fuck we're trying to get I remember it Lotus. I remember much more of it in the second book than the yeah, first. The, the, yeah, the second book is more focused on that one, where the first book, it was just this one event, and which then they come back to later on. But the, the second bad. town they get to, uh, Eric starts healing people till the, the local yeah. healing guild yeah. cracks the shits, and they poison him, where he sort of snaps and instantly kills the bloke. I just like the fact that's the first time they mention the aura because if someone's yeah. powerful yeah. enough their emotions impact the aura and the local mana so and two so it's co- like a physical combat force wave that pushes people down yeah so basically it's the two combat veterans snap because they've just been attacked in public murder the guy in just cold blood it's like we have to leave now and they leave yeah like, like, and even then someone tries to stop them leaving he's like oh we'd like to help you he's like get the fuck out of the way or die like, yeah Okay! <laughs> the level 10 guard captain's like, I'm sorry, I believe they please. refer to it as, um, they've woken a sleeping dragon. Yeah. yeah. And even as they're it's leaving, like, Rugrat it, yells out, I'll remember this, and continues on. And the guy's like, I have to go talk to the Lord right now, because that is terrifying. Goodbye. Yeah, it was a, he, he stands there, and, because uh, it gets described as the guard captain's point of view, so this, uh, this man, stop, we, we want to help you. What's this cylinder you're pointing at me? It's like, yeah. and then it cuts back to Rugrat. Move or die. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that Clear thing was. I need to talk to someone who might, but if we anger them further, this town will not exist. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, they come back, but they're surgical in their strike of, we know who fucked with us last time. We're yeah. going to unalive them and them only. That seems yeah. fair. And, and, and then they, they do... Was- <laughs> oh, was it they effectively throw a guy off a building onto iron picket fencing? It's like, yeah. fuck. It's like, guys. So that's not that's not just he's dead in the shadows. Like he's dead and his body is out on the street. He's there because like until they loot the corpse, it'll take several weeks for that thing <clears throat> to disappear. Yeah, I just like the fact they kick it out. They Sparta style kick him out of the fucking window onto these spikes, jump down after him, and just superhero landing because they can. Directly in front of the guard captain, who's the, I think he's level ten, and yeah. at this point level seventeen. And the lord like of the city is level fourteen. Yeah, so they yeah, both stage there a little above that. <laughs> and they've got the guardian critter of the city, which is like a level fourteen wolf thing that is bound mm. to the family. And both of them just like, nah, nah, we're good. Uh, can you maybe heal the the lord's kids? <laughs> like, yeah, okay. And they yeah. do, and they're only charged two coppers. Yeah. Which is fuck. sort of a, a running thing, like the the legend of the healing house and like mm. two coppers, that's all it is. Yeah. Because everyone deserves healthcare. Yeah. And because they can make you know, they can gain levels by healing people. Why not just heal yeah. people? But, well, oh. they're actual healers, not just like uh we're yeah. doing a little bit here and there. Hmm. 
and just teaching other healers how to do basic first aid so they don't need to constantly rely on healing and makes their healing more potent because they know how the body mm. works it's like that yeah. simple stuff is great oh, he sits down with the, the people of Alva and gives them a talk on germs and washing their hands mm. and everything and several of them sitting there like we wouldn't get this information at the top the highest university in this realm and you're just sitting here spitting shit yeah. god damn bitch be spitting fire what is this <laughs> but, oh, so that's like most of the main plot points and things from the book it's a good read like mm, it's, it is. it's pretty well written I had a really good time with it I mean I immediately bought the next one and then the next one and I've nearly finished book 3 and I've already bought book 4 same um, I'm on book me and Swish are a bit behind but Jodo like you fucking devoured there is so much more shit that I want to talk about gut Oh god damn! Like, I and enjoy it, that. It, as epic as it gets in the first one, it massively ramps up. We may have to do a second like episode at some point, which is just going through the series entirely because like, we're gonna have some fun. I know, I know, we're only I, doing I, like this book for this month. We're doing another book for next month, but I'm already invested in this. So I'm going to continue listening to this series as yeah, well as same. the next one, and I'm waiting for the the latest book to be ma- released as a freaking audio book because. Yeah, all, God damn, all I want I'm is magical railgun. I can see it happening one day. It, it'll fucking turn up, or a magical RPG. One of the things. So I can definitely see that, like, once me and Swish <laughs> have, have caught up to John Doe, and we'll probably flag an episode. It's like, all right, we're going to talk about the whole series now. Yeah. Um, but we we do you guys realize we basically just spent forty minutes doing that? We're out past an hour already. <laughs> And we thought we wouldn't have a lot to talk about. <laughs> um, so we need to we need to do our to tell people what we're going to read next. Oh yeah, and uh, I get the job of trying to follow up that tour de force. Damn it, Swish! Why would you do this to me? Because I'm a horrible um, person. And given that we just read some military fantasy sci-fi thing, I'm going to go straight sci-fi. I'm choosing yeah, a book called "The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet." By Beck Chambers. That sounds like fun. The long what, way the, to a uh, small language. What's the planet? elevator pitch for this one? So basically, uh, it's it's kind of like the the technical genre it's in is called a space opera. Uh, essentially, uh, you follow the story is about a human and they're on a multi-species ship that's traveling to a new hyperlane point. And if they can get through all of the fucked up bits of space and set it up, they're basically set for life. Was this... This sounds a bit... Was this written by one of the guys who um, got really big on Humanity Fuck Yeah? Uh, I don't know. Becky Chambers is the author, narrated by Patricia Rodriguez. Hmm. Um, yeah, though right. I am curious, there's two two versions of it. There's a, a book track edition. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm I going to assume standard. that's the one that's... The book track, I think, if it's with Amazon, are usually the ones that are designed to... Uh, you play them and it highlights in the Kindle, so you can read along. Uh, yeah, all right, so go the standard. Yeah, I'm going to go standard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it does sound like fun. I like uh, space opera stuff, I stuff. Yeah, but like uh, it's, it's much more chill. It's not as much <laughs> of a, a, like death is coming for us type of book um, so it's described Fight as life, Firefly sci-fi. meets Mass Effect in this thrilling self-published debut mm. oh self-published this could be fun 
Well, I mean, I can read you the sum- summary if you'd like. Go for it. Uh, when Rosemary... Uh, God. I immediately try and start and fuck it up. When Where's Rosemary Harper joins the crew of the Wayfarer, she isn't expecting much. The Wayfarer is a patched up ship she's seen better days. Offers her everything she could possibly want. A small, quiet spot to call home for a while. Adventure in far off corners of the galaxy and distance from her troubled past. But Rosemary gets more than she bargained for with the Wayfarer. The crew is a mishmash of species and personalities. From Sissix, the friendly reptilian pilot, to Kiz and Jenks, the constantly sparring engineers who keep the ship running. Life aboard the ca- is chaotic, but uh, more or less peaceful. Exactly what Rosemary wants. Until the crew are offered the job of a lifetime, a chance to build a hyperspace tunnel to a distant planet. They'll earn enough money to live comfortably for years if they survive the long trip through war-torn, illus- in the war-torn interstellar space without endangering any of the fragile alliances that keep the galaxy peaceful. But Rosemary isn't the only person on board with secrets to hide. The crew will soon discover that space may be vast, but spaceships are very small indeed. I just like the idea of they're going through just a clusterfuck of like war-torn places, just smashing in mailboxes and they go, ah! I don't device. think that's what it's going to be. Um, I think this one's going to be a little more uh, thinky over mailbox smashy. We, we do need thinky over mailbox. There is a, just below that, there is a, a critic review and it's a, a joyous, optimistic space opera, although it isn't shy about tackling the big questions. Planet is a heartwarming debut novel that will restore your faith in science fiction specifically and humanity in general. <laughs> so, oh man, we're, we're going to have faith in humanity again? I finally got rid I, of that. Oh no, that'll get broken again. Like, you wait okay. for the Monday's news. No, we'll have faith in the lizard people. That's what we'll have. When That's living... where it'll end up being. Yeah, like... I got I got big hopes for Sissix. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, every so, time yeah. people mention lizard people, I keep thinking of like D and D lizard folk. Where it's like I have a like you know lizard folk clerics. Like someone dies, are you gonna bring him back? Uh, no, I'm going to season him. He's meat now. <laughs> so that's my pick for this month. Um, Excellent. I've just added we'll a link. To my I library. I hope it ends up being good. Uh, I got recommended this from a, a friend of mine who does read a lot of sci-fi, and I do generally agree with him on the quality of books, so I am very excited to give this one a look. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I've got it. It's now downloading, and uh, yeah, in month's time, I'll, I'll let you know. Right, but we'll, <laughs> we'll put up a, uh, a thing on, on Facebook with the new book and all that, all jet jam. Yes, all I will. Chance. Now... We are out past an hour, so normally we'd wrap things up, but I do have one other announcement that I do want to make. We are going to be opening up, at last, our Discord. Uh, We'd like to have people join us, talk about the books. Uh, We have a section for the two-week curse, and we will, of course, have a new one for a long trip. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get people in, you know, talk about games, post some memes. We also have sections where you can post your idea for us to talk about if you want our take on it. So it's less shit for us to look up each week, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> Send us dumb so shit. If we'll you read something, you're like, fuck, I'd like to hear these idiots take on this. Jump in, put it up. I mean, to be fair, we'll that's, that's how Dan ended anyway. up on this, this podcast. You kept sending yeah, us I kept shit telling to talk shit about. To talk about. <laughs> and then we just kidnapped you. You had no choice. Like, you're not your hours now. <laughs> Fine, you want us to talk about it? You fucking talk about it. <laughs> so, who knows what the future will hold? Uh, but yeah, 
jump on in, put an idea up, say g'day. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. I think that's us for this week. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye. See ya. <laughs>